Hello Audio Listener. Please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. Coming up in this episode. I was like, you know what? I just came to this new country. I don't know anyone at all. And yeah. you know what? I think it's a time for it's time for a change. Also, my I'm gonna be honest with you, I also go through that struggle. Yeah. You know? Like rejection as well. Rejection is part of the thing. I've been rejected by labels so many times. Yeah, man, it's been like tough. I had like tough years of like, yeah, like kind of like a identity crisis. Like, I don't know, man. Then I went through so many like phases of like, is that what I really want to do? Like now I finally go to a point where I'm confident in what I'm making. Perfect. Yeah. Now I finish a track. I'm like, okay, that track is sick. Welcome back to another Raven podcast, and today I've got Howdy. Thanks for joining hey, what's me, up, man. man. Thank you for having me, man. I am absolutely honoured to get you on. You're yeah. a Vancouver legend, so <laughs> I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's start from where it all began. So, where you're from, and how did your like music journey begin? Oh, right, that's a very good question because my life has been pretty hectic the past couple of years. So basically, um, I was born in South America in Venezuela. And then when I was five years old, my parents and I, we immigrated to Europe, to Belgium. Uh, so I always grew up in a Latino household, but learning French at school. And then, yeah, and I pretty much got always growing up, always studied music theory, music classes, uh, playing the guitar since I'm six years old, pretty much. I mean, I haven't practiced in 10 years, so mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a guitar player anymore. But uh yeah, so I've always been immersed in music in general. Um, and yeah, uh, pretty much got into electronic music when I was pretty early, actually. I would yeah. say like 14 years old. That's where I got interested like into dance and EDM and electronic music um, from listening to the radio and like late night DJ shows. Those DJs that plays like at two in the morning. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Mm. So uh, yeah, I have uh, I had always been interested in music, electronic music, since a very young age, actually. So when did you move to Belgium? What age was you when you moved? So there? I moved to Belgium when I was yeah around four years old. I was born in '95, so it must have been '99, '98, '99, I think. Um, so yeah, my parents just decided to leave the country for extra reasons because my dad was needed to study abroad, so. Yeah, so they choose Belgium. Yeah, That's so it. you can speak Spanish and Belgium. Sp- yeah, I can speak Spanish. I'm from the French-speaking part from of Belgium, so yeah. I speak, grew up speaking French. Um, also took some German classes. But wow, man, damn, times, yeah, right? again, I didn't yeah. practice German. I did four years of German and completely Sweet. forgot about it. <laughs> Sweet, mate. Yeah, Plus it's, you it's a tough language. If you don't practice it, you just forget about it. Plus, you grew up in Belgium, which is kind of like a really good spot for like electronic music, isn't it? Absolutely. So you, you are getting that introduction to that, right? Like, so Absolutely. Like, it, yeah. yeah, what fascinates me about Belgium is like how small the country is, but how the cold, like how tight the dance electronic dance music culture is yeah and i'm talking about like every genre like techno drum and bass jungle um yeah it's fascinating how like such a small country you can have such big and good events mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about like the mainstream events like tomorrowland and all that stuff but yeah. like we also had uh techno legends playing every month um 
so yeah, I always grew up in, I mean, of course, growing up, I wasn't going to raves, but I was always listening to the radio and I was impressed by how good DJs we had on the radio. Like, yeah, like yeah. those late night shows, like one in the morning, two in the morning. That's why I, w- I would stay awake. I mean, I had to go to school, but I would stay awake and just listen to the shows. And that's how I got so inspired by like, by like, yeah, electronic dance music, man. That's how it started pretty much. Yeah, that's good the thing about Europe, isn't it? Like, also, Belgium do good beer as well. Oh, like, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, good. buddy. We way too much beer. I drink way too much when I was. We'll do a separate episode for that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, in the like you say with the the music like on the radios and stuff like I grew up with like Pete Tong on Radio One, right? This is mm-hmm, that from like mm-hmm. thirteen, fourteen, and exactly. So, yeah. what kind of inspirations around fourteen then? When when you were like getting into that, like what were your inspirations? So um, I first okay it's a it's an answer that a lot of people have like have but like dead mouse i grew up that's dead mouse is a guy that really got me into like that progressive house like vibes and i'm talking about like classics like facts in berlin that track which is from 2006 and i heard that track in yeah like 2008 i was 13 years old i was like damn that's a whole new world that just opens like before my eyes yeah i'm like damn what is that never heard like electronic progressive house like that and then i just became a huge fan of dead mouse and then from then i that was the era of like between 2007 2010 and yeah i grew up listening to dead mouse afrojack all those guys oliver twist um the old like spinning records yeah yeah. kind of vibe kind of era so that very like dirty Dutch kind of music. So it was like very like. I remember house. that. Yeah, yeah, like Dutch, that, yeah was a, that was a good. Air, yeah, that's showing my age now. Huh? Yeah, DJ Chucky, <laughs> DJ Chucky, dude, yeah, all yeah. those guys. Yeah, that's sick. So Not those ex- were my yeah early inspiration when I really got into that electronic dance music scene. Like, so yeah, yeah I always started with house and progressive house, and then my tastes are like changed through the years. But we're gonna go to get to that point later. Yeah, yeah. So. Obviously, going from like Dead Mouse and things like that, that's kind of the progressive kind of. Mm-hmm. I would say try and see a little bit because yeah. it was like with, see, yeah. you know Tiesto and you mm-hmm. know all that sort of era. Had obviously you, you're known for your house music, but mm-hmm. when did you start dabbling into the house music, or did you do any other genres before that? So um, no, my first love has always been house music and progressive house. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course you followed trends pretty much uh you listen what's popping on the radio like those like dj playing on the radio and you know there's different like eras so then approaching 2010 that was like the where like spinning records went huge mm-hmm. and we had those alvaro like andrew dimas like dj chucky afrojack and that's where i pretty much got in got into the more like main mainstream side of edm and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people went through that phase as well like avici all those guys everyone done a bit of that of course yeah, of yeah. course i was talking to my friend um, dom uh, still london and it's funny because we we're talking to uh, talking about like our old like inspiration and all like musical projects and he was making like that big room avici style mm. before and i was doing it as well because mm. those were my inspiration like back in the days from 2010 from 2012 when i started like dabbling with fl studio and and music production so oh, okay yeah and then and then yeah from 2012 to later on i went through so many phases man then i got really tired of that 
tired of that big room mainstream Tomorrowland sound yeah. which I didn't like identify with with anymore so I just went into more like drum and bass then and I started listening to Jump Up oh. that's a complete U-turn it has we nothing to do man but we can go deep on this oh one. we can do we, we can, can go very deep because a uh, few people know that but I'm a huge drum and bass head and I had 10 years of drum and bass and I'm still a huge drum and bass fan I mean drum and bass and all the subgenres like Jungle Jump Up uh, Neurofunk, Neuro, etc. So, yeah. So, what were your inspirations for drum and bass? And, like, how, being in Belgium, is drum and bass a big thing in Belgium? It's a big thing, yeah. So, after I had, I went to those, like, uh, big room, I got very tired of that big room sound. Then I discovered, like, Mackie G, oh, 2014. And I, and I came across a, a, a live set that he did. I don't remember which one it was, or like, 15 minute set like but like gnarly jump up like the jump up from like 10 years ago and it was so good man i remember hearing and i was like what the heck man like those sounds was like it's so gnarly but like it has an essence right yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. i like black widow is a great one it's yeah. one of his own yeah. but but something that might blow your mind right mm-hmm. so mackie juice from my area yeah oh yeah booked him for 50 pound for a night so that's like eighty dollars <laughs> to play way, in a shitty pub. Yeah, and he came. He's like, "Yeah, as long as you can just pay me a bit of money and pay for my gas." Like, <laughs> I was like, it "Yeah, worked. man, yeah," because my friends were drum and bass producers and mm-hmm. MCs, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they knew him, and he come down. So when you say Mackie G, yeah, Mackie G is um, legend. Headex, Headex as well. Yeah, um, I mean, we all seen that clip of Headex playing at Invaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he double drops like um, that DJ Hazard, um, oh, it's Tax Man. No, Mr. Happy, no, Mr. Happy, yeah. Mr. Happy, and yeah. he does that double, and everyone goes crazy, and everyone knows that clip about with Edex playing, and yeah, that's 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 what I grew up with, like from 2014, yeah, when I was like 18 years old to like that's sick. being like 22, 23. So I had my huge drum and bass phase, yeah. So yeah. always drum and bass, always been like. That became my first love then again. Yeah. So my main like focus. Um, oh yeah, man. And then I went, uh, I actually went through so many different like genres and phases. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after making, after, fo- no, I wasn't producing drum and bass. I was just like more like getting into raves, the rave, raving world, uh, going to shows, shows, concerts. Um, but the music I was produ- producing at the time was so much different. Um, I was making very like down tempo ish, like old flume kind of style. Mm-hmm. Um, blending like hip hop, uh, yeah, down tempo, electronic, like future bassy kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit of a contrast because I like to I like to party and go to like drum and bass shows and events and then at home produce for myself and have my own like, yeah, softer music that I would produce and mm-hmm. share to the world. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it for now for that area when I was like growing up then yeah as the years went by I focused on my older project which uh, the name was Flies yeah. and that's where I got really serious about like music production and okay. that's where I signed my first like record deal with um, the YouTube channel called Majestic Casual Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone knows it. Everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. knows went through that majestic casual phase, 
Um, so I just signed a first record deal with them in 2016 and I just kept releasing with them and I grew that project to like, um, I was having at some point like 200,000 uh, listener per month. So that project wow. was, very, yeah, that project was going very well. And I don't know, man, then I went through so many like phases of like, is that what I really want to do? Like, yeah. And self-doubt and yeah, then... Then we approach my Canadian like face slowly, but yeah, I've been doubting myself a lot of time. So I was releasing like one track per year. So I wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go to because yeah. I love drum and bass at the same time. And then I started liking like house and tech house again. And so I was like, I have so many, like so many like influences and I don't know what to do, man. Yeah. What should I produce? Should I have different like projects? Should I put make the same like use the same project to get all the different style like genres type of genres out mm -hmm. so yeah man it's been like tough i had like tough years of like yeah like kind of like a identity crisis like i didn't know what to do yeah pretty much yeah i i mean I've, I've been through the same thing mm -hmm. and uh you know i went through my garage phase my drum and bass phase exactly then back to like but i've always loved house in the background right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Loved that was your background yeah that's always my house thing right it was always mm -hmm. there but because the area i grew up in drum and bass was the thing and mm -hmm. garage was the thing right and absolutely you, and absolutely. then i didn't produce for like five years when i moved here oh yeah so, yeah i so didn't you produce stopped, at all, you so i just stopped yeah i just lost interest like mm -hmm. you say identity crisis right you don't know what kind of exactly and it's just like so much it's it's just like lacking confidence in what you do i mean we all go we all through that we all go yeah, through that you know for sure definitely yeah so yeah because you like so many different type of music and i think everyone can pretty much say that because we don't we're not stuck to one specific genre and we have influences from everywhere so it's just so hard to just find your like niche and just like be like okay now i'm gonna commit to that style you know yeah 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 because then you when you commit then you're like okay i have i have to build my brand i have to make that type of music and just i mean that's how i perceive it so that's how i felt it so yeah. so yeah i was making music on the flies and then i had like a like bass house like side project and then i started like a drum and bass side project and then i canceled those two projects and then went back to the flies one making more like flume type of vibes and then and then, yeah, man, just it was, everywhere. Kind yeah, of yeah. Thing, it was right? so yeah. hard to decide, man. And then I actually, I was making so much different music. Yeah. And I had so much music that I, at the end, I just get so overwhelmed and I just don't release music anymore. And yeah. I had that, and I had that for so many years, like from 2018 to like 2020. It's just been like, yeah, just making music but not showing it to the world. How did so. you, how did you break through that barrier then to with the Harley brand to kind of? start because you are really consistent now of like making music mm -hmm. you've got your like i wouldn't say you've always been a great like been producing for a very long time but mm -hmm. how did you narrow down the the consistency of producing music having it you mm -hmm. know okay so um so at the same time i was going through all like my university years and so at some point i just decided that i just wanted to go like abroad mm -hmm. um and study somewhere else I had that idea first in back in 2019 and I had so many friends I went to visit Vancouver and they told me that was a great country and great city because um, like the landscape, the mountains, the sea and everything. And so I only heard like good things about people just traveling. They would come for like two months just learning English yeah, yeah. and stuff, you know. So I was like, yeah, that city is actually very, 
appealing appealing to me so then yeah i decided to make the jump and like um decided to study here so because i wanted to study like sound engineering to like perfect like my craft and like get better into like the digital world and like um be better like at mix mix downs and like mastering and yeah so i moved here i studied for a year so that's why i got like to vancouver but at the time of studying i still had i still i, I was still like working on my older like flyers project yeah the more like down tempo chill like vibes and then i was like you know what i just came to this new country i don't know anyone at all and yeah. you know what i think it's a time for it's time for a change it's just like time for me to just to just like kick things off and just start a new chapter you know yeah it's like no one knows me so yeah you know what i'm just gonna rebrand change my name um and then yeah start a new thing so that's where howley came to the world right and howley was a german based project at first really because yeah because okay. like uh the years prior prior to that i was very active in the underground drum and bass so i was a huge fan of monty alix perez um visage um sustenance like all those guys like i was so into the drum and bass scene like and in belgium we have so many like we have rampage mm. which which got pretty much mainstream right now but it's like one of the biggest like drum and massive bass. in it yeah, yeah man massive dude i watched really? the uh, sisis crew on there yeah yeah and that was massive i, I know yeah. I know it's pretty much like a stadium with like twenty thousand people just yeah. gathering for just the love of dubstep and drum and bass. Uh, but I was more into the drum and bass kind of kind of thing. Um, so yeah, um, so the last the last four years before coming to Canada, I was like so into the drum and bass, like, and I was like, yeah, all these guys like nineteen eighty five, the record label from Alex Perez. And that was my vibe, like very d gnarly, dark, minimal drum and bass. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, that's how Howley started. I was inspired by, by that, like, type of, like, drum and bass. And I, that's how I started Howley. That's sick, mate. Yeah. yeah. And then I made so <coughs> many drum and bass tracks. Um, I showed them to my friends and they were like, damn, like, you, Howley's actually, like, getting very serious right now. Because mm -hmm. I was studying at the same time, so I could yeah. gather the skills to, like, make cleaner and like proper music and then yeah i had actually had a couple drum and bass shows and i played at red room and that was because that was one of my like goal like from belgium i was like i need to come to vancouver and play red room red room's like the drum and bass uh, like venue for right? a, a digital motion yeah yeah okay i got you right yeah. yeah so they have drum and bass events like not every weekend but like that's like where they like invite like drum and bass and dubstep artists yeah so i played a show at the red room uh here in vancouver and then after that i don't know i decided to stop making drum and bass yeah. and go back to tech house and house and okay there's a funny story about it um i went to like a forest rave and i heard this guy that many of you know called henry c yeah okay good friend of ours, good friend of mine, and it's a, he's a DJ that I respect a lot. And, but I didn't know any, anyone of the like housing. Like, I didn't know the initiative guys. I didn't know all those crews. I didn't know deep down inside and all that family, yeah. right? So I went to the Bush Raves and I saw Henry C play. 
And I was like, wow, I didn't know how Syntech House could be so like good and groovy and gnarly and like mm-hmm. so underground. And that kind of revived my love for like tech house and house music. So yeah, thank you, Henry. Um, I always tell him that story and he loves hearing it. Like, That's cool, yeah. If I, I was like, if I didn't see you that day, maybe I wouldn't be like making the music that I make right now. Ah, so, yeah. Fucking hell. There you go. It's crazy. Like lo- we have so many good local talent talents here in Vancouver and yeah he inspired me man that's good yeah, yeah it was a good inspiration him JD JD was playing that night I remember A Wood was playing um Lucci was playing it was an initiative the initiative like yeah the nice crew special, right? yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the whole crew um and yeah man that's that love for house music grew back to me and I was like wow and then I was making drum and bass in house and I was in slowly like transitioning to that house yeah and at the end, like the brand, like the vision that I have is making house and tech house with those drum and bass, those drum and bass, like that drum and bass vision, that drum and bass sound, like gnarly, gnarly, mm-hmm. like sound and dirtiness and greediness that you find in minimal drum and bass mm-hmm. and like merge those two styles. So yeah. that, that was the first goal as Howley, just merge that, those two like genres that I think can go very well together pretty much that's cool man like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna like with, with the drum and bass thing and house thing I'm gonna step back from obviously when you're 14 to like doing the drum and bass and you was get did you party in Belgium then and that, and yeah what kind of was your first like sort of because we're gonna go back to what you're saying back to the tech house stuff but mm-hmm. what was your like first like rave experience when you went like, so my first, first party, yeah my first like drum and bass and dubstep experience rave uh, rave experience was rampage in 2013 so i was just i just turned 18 at the time okay um it was mind-blowing it was mind-blowing yeah it was like how is it possible to like go to a stadium with 15 20 000 people and just that collective energy and everyone reunited for the love of that mm-hmm. everyone is like reunited to celebrate drum and bass in dubstep and i was like holy cow dude that's crazy that's yeah that's because i've never been to like a proper rave because i was underage before for sure yeah so and then i went to a festival that we have in belgium called Dour festival which is like one of the biggest in europe we have like four hundred thousand people that go to that festival not at the same time but like and it's like it's like five days long um it's massive and it's so like diversified you have like drum and bass upset rap house techno whatever and then I started going to like the drum and bass stages and I was like, wow, that's just crazy. I think I love it. You know, and so that's yeah. how I started disconnecting from like that EDM from like 2012, 2013, 2014. So yeah, I had my rampage like drum and bass phase and I'll keep, and then I kept going every year, actually every year. So I went to that rampage like event six years in a row. That became our little like yearly ritual pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's because I had a group of friends that were like so much into it as well. So we were just, we had like a huge group of like 25 homies. And uh, yeah, we'd always go to those events. And yeah, that was my first, pretty much first rave experience. And then we would go to other clubs. There's another one called like Fuse in Brussels, which is a legendary, the legendary yeah. club. Yeah. So they do drum and bass night. They do techno nights, mainly techno, like most of the time, but they have like a drum and bass room and then sometimes they put the drum and bass into the main room and that's that goes not. So yeah. Last show I've seen there was before moving to Canada was Alex Perez. 
at that okay, yeah. and it was gnarly it was so good dude so how did you get your first dj like gig like when was that then oh um because we were touching your first rave sort of thing so how yeah i started digging i started digging pretty early before uh producing music i started digging when i was some 28 now um when i was like 15 ish 16 ish i had like a small like hercules controller Oh, yeah. RMX, you know the, that that's very small one, metal one, and then uh, what I would do as I got two turntables, vinyl tur- turntables. Yeah. Um, at that time, it was called it was called like time coded vinyls. So I wasn't playing like proper records, yeah. but I could control a virtual DJ in Serato with those like vinyls, yeah. and that's so so I could get like a vinyl touch, but like controlling like a software. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I had so much fun. Like, that's how I started to DJ. And then I had another controller. And then I sold everything so I could buy, like, studio gear. But, yeah, I've been DJing for, like, quite some year. But then, yeah, my first official gigs, I would say, were when I was making music under flies. So it was more, like, not DJ gigs, but more, like, uh, I would do, like, a prepare, like, a live setup, live show, pretty much, on mm-hmm. Ableton. And do, like, a kind of, like, a hybrid, like... DJ and like live setup and yeah I played pretty good show I opened for artists like fake here um, and very I play like a great great venue that's called Le Botanique in Brussels which is one of the staple one like every year they have like a festival that lasts for like two weeks and there's like shows every day and there's like six rooms so yeah that's where it got serious for like my flies project pretty much so yeah that those were my first like really like serious like shows yeah yeah but i didn't have many because the scene in belgium um it's hard for like smaller artists to like get booked i feel like is it quite oversaturated no it's not saturated it's not saturated belgium has a very good scene Um, and i'm speaking with every genre every scene the drama with dubstep techno house um we have so many main and legendary acts that come play but like if you're small um it's hard to get booked because they because they throw they, they throw a lot of shows, but they invite like Stefan Budzin, they invite Anna, they invite Solomon, you know, they invite like only headliners, and yeah. they don't give enough space for like smaller smaller guys like us, you know. Is it is it the clubs? Do the clubs um, organize the DJs, or is it a brand of like an like an event brand that come in and rent that space? Um, no, like the Fuse one, which is like the more one of the most legendary club in Brussels. Mm-hmm. No, they it's like their brand. It's called yep. Fuse, and now they open a record label. Um, so yeah, it's just a Fuse night, but they have so much like power and and I mean they're so like known in scene that they can invite anyone. Like I've seen so many good DJs in there. Yeah. Um, one of, also one of the last shows that I've seen before coming it was Skin and Skin and Mole Grab. Mm-hmm was so good man yeah yeah skin and skin blew my mind so, so good out of all the people you've seen then who would you say would be like the best set you've ever watched <sighs> dude i would <laughs> me i'm biased because i always had a love for like drum and bass but like i don't know alex perez man alex perez. yeah yeah wow. yeah and talking about drum and bass yeah drum and bass obviously yeah alex perez man that guy is a f- is a beast his vision his vision of drum and bass is so like tight and like you hear you can hear like a track and you can tell it's Alex Perez like and his shows are like so like 
gnarly and like because the scene is so tight like people that go there then they know that they know like his label they know mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the artists they know everyone so like the energy was always so like rowdy and like so raw and like so uplifting i don't know so yeah yeah that was an experience i don't remember i don't recall when it was but it was yeah like one year before i moved to canada yeah at the fuse club yeah 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 and I have to give a shout out to like those DJ called Brethren. So it's like uh, three guys and they organize, they have a party concept called like Brethren Invites and they invite Alex Barrett and they invite like a bunch of like German based guys from the scene. Okay. So, yeah. That's cool, man. That's yeah, I had, I yeah. Had my, uh, yeah, I had my goal in like German based area before coming to Canada. It lasted for three years and I was like crazy about it. And, uh, and all my friends were like, I was like, bringing all my friends are like you're gonna love this show and every time we bring new friends to the shows they were like damn dude that was so good i want to i love drum and bass now you know like yeah and i would bring new friends new friends then we had a group of like 40 friends just and we could like just go to raves together at any time and yeah everyone was having a great time so so when you sold your, your dj equipment for studio stuff what was like the first sort of introduction to the studio that you kind of Got yourself into equipment wise like door all that sort of stuff like so how it started yeah uh actually i just started with fl studio but uh it took me like many years to just i was just like messing around you know mm -hmm. not taking that like seriously i guess like everyone um so for like three years from my 17 to like 21 22 i was just like making beats like nothing serious and then i started like to listen getting more inspired and just at some point i was like you know what like, i should like consider like learning more because i wasn't i didn't have any mentor uh back in the days you didn't have that many like tutorials on youtube and stuff no you didn't no you didn't know dude i'm talking no. about like yeah 10 years ago yeah so like 2012 2013 so it was hard to learn by yourself um and then yeah i don't know i took it more seriously at some point and i was like i think i have potential to just I don't know, land like the first record label, that record label like thing that um, signed with a record label with Majestic, and that's mm -hmm. where I began began to take it seriously. So yeah, I was still like just working on FL Studio. Um, gear wise, I just had like an old like Akai like keyboard, kept it simple, and just a bunch of speakers, and that was pretty much it. And then at some point, I could with playing shows and working, I could afford a MacBook. And that's where I decided to switch to like uh, live, Ableton Live, yeah. yeah. And my whole life changed when I made yeah. that switch, yeah. No hate on FL Studio, of course, because I know I still know how to use FL Studio and and I love it. But I don't know when I switched to Ableton, I was like, wow, there is so much power to that software. And so that's where I started like getting more like MIDI controllers and gear because I could like just like plug and play and so easy and like you could customize macros and stuff and then i was like wow i have so much more freedom right now and that's where my creative juices started to like flourish pretty much so you're more of like a hands-on kind of you know make Demo music from hardware and stuff like that right yeah yeah um <clears throat> at first i would use a bunch of keyboard to just um, recorded like melodies and stuff like top lines yeah but I would still like work on the mouse and keyboard to just do the arrangement and stuff and then yeah slowly slowly when I got here I got more interested into like analog uh, since I have one 
um it's called uh behringer k2 which is oh, a the k2 the k2 yeah it's model uh, after the ms20 from cork yeah um the sound is very good um so that's my first piece of analog gear and then i started having like a a guy like the mpc 40 uh, no uh, apc 40 mk2 yeah, yeah. which is like a surface like control yeah. like surface like you like with transport control so you can like you can pretty much control the whole dog with it yeah and i started like jabbing do more like live jams and like triggering clips and working on the session view on ableton and just like i don't know get more of a touch of like that analog and like yeah messing yeah. around more with hardware yeah. and stuff you know and it my opinion that's it's easier to do in house and tech house because there's a lot of like loops so yeah, i could would create my loops and stuff and my sequences and then i could like start recording it and then just playing and messing around with it i see much. yeah the k2 is fucking wicked like, yeah, i've yeah. got the it's a good one i've got the td3 baseline oh the OG one? the OG yeah one? it's really good man it feels like a piece of shit like cheap but it's, yeah yeah it's sick though like yeah it's my life for the rolling yeah yeah and I, I always i wanted to buy that one i always wondered how it sounded it's really it's, good. i think yeah, yeah i think it's a pretty good replica yeah. and the pro one as well i want to get that that mm-hmm. looks sick as well oh man i want that baseline generator so bad yeah yeah because i love those like acid like baseline and oh, those resonances and you're just like ah, it ain't shit. bad for a cheap one i'm telling you it's it's pretty much on the on the money like when mm-hmm. you when you like i watched a video on youtube and they compared the, the real one to the mm-hmm. it's pretty similar yeah I know. unless you're like a audio file that just some people don't agree with like banger like uh philosophy because yeah. they're doing replicas but you know it's makes like things more ex- like affordable and accessible for like musicians musicians yeah. and stuff you know so i don't i agree with it i'm like yeah at least if you can make more musician like discover and enter into that analog world then yeah it's it's great so do, when you we're talking about like obviously your uh the hardware stuff and uh, using ableton what would be like how would you explain your process of making a track because people mm-hmm. that listen like what would mm-hmm. be your process to because that might yeah. benefit someone else right um so i'm someone that's very when i work in a build a track i'm very picky about not picky but like i want to give so much focus on the drums so i would start with the cake clap first and then straight away like build like a hats hats groove like in building hats and hats and hats um once i'm like very happy about building like a consistent and tight like drum groove then i would start adding a bass line and then i would just solo the kick in the bass line and just work with that kick bass line how the kick and the bass line interact with each other how they how to balance them mm-hmm. and then once i got the main groove i can bring the hats again and the claps and stuff and then once i get that solid like drums and bass foundation then i can start building around it and adding effects and adding like fills and adding like vocal shots and mm-hmm. stuff that's when i do more like tech house and house like center kind of uh tracks sometimes i do more like melodic and progressive techno tracks you know like like Christoph or like Dave Seaman and all those guys. And Legend. Um, oh, yeah, I love Dave Seaman. Oh, I, love man, yeah. I love Christoph, man. Uh, shout out to Dom Still London because we love that his track Richin, which is called. And every time he plays it, I'm like, you know I love that track. That's why you play it. <laughs> and then when he's there, like I play it as well. Like 
it's like such a good track anyway um in that case i like to work with just a bass line like a bass line and then stack vocals vocal shot on top of it and atmospheres yeah. to create that like melodic like ambiance groove like and then once i get that thing like solid then i would buy like we start like uh building the drums around it so it's it depends on like what's my approach if i wanted more make it more like housey then it's more like drum centered mm -hmm. if i want to make it more like melodic and like progressive techno then it's more like about the bass line and and synths and pads and then the vocals and then i would build like the drums around it pretty much that's sick and when you uh when you're like making ep and stuff I want to touch on this as well because obviously mm. you've done a lot with the flyer thing and um, mm -hmm. and things like that and getting your track signed because mm -hmm. obviously you made, you brushed up on like your confidence losing that what well, we both did like both mm -hmm. talked about it was mm -hmm. losing confidence to make music mm -hmm. how did you find the confidence when starting Cause that's was going to be your most vulnerable to start to back yeah like when you got your first drum and bass track signed mm -hmm. uh, how did you find that confidence to do that you know cause that's um, kind of most the most like newish part of getting into it right mm -hmm. um it's it's honestly because at the moment when i was starting to make like drum and bass mm -hmm. music i was still at school yeah and so at school we would get a lot of feedback from each other so we would yeah. do like feedback sessions because oh, everyone okay, yeah. and everyone was a different at a different point of like their music production journey yeah um some guys never produced and like never and i had i've been producing for a couple of years so so we would like help each other and like we gather feedback and then when i was like showing my drum and bass tracks they were like wow like that's so good dude like you should like start like just gaining more confidence and just getting those tracks out you know um but no actually i never released like any drum and bass track just ever. not at all no just what no ever. so with, when i started howley i was making a lot of drum and bass and like 140 dubstep like dubstep. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah i mean i have a folder with like 25 finished songs drum yeah. and bass tracks but i never released them because then i decided to like rebrand and completely like Okay. Going to the house world, yeah. So how for people that are watching then, how would you approach a label with a track? You, you know, it's funny because that's the thing that I'm so struggling, break that <laughs> break that, struggling with. Break that barrier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, um, I know that what la label like to have it's Finnish tracks because we have to realize we the market is getting we can say saturated kind of and we have way, way more producers it's like a good thing and at the same time it's a blessing that more people are interested and we can share more music with people but um let's not forget like labels they don't have time you know yeah. so when you approach them you have to send like finished things and make it make what's what i do is just i make things easy for them i'm like hey nice to meet you i'm howley um i'm in Vancouver right now, Canada. Um, I just made an EP that would fit your vibe. Here's a private link for you guys to listen to. And I send like a SoundCloud, like a playlist with a private listening mm -hmm. um, link. So they, j they just have to click, listen, and then decide if yeah, yes yeah. or no. Yeah. You know, and then and then I also put like a folder for for them to download if they're interested. So they don't they don't we don't 
spend waste time like asking oh can you send me the download link and blah, blah, blah. so uh, i think when you speak to labels or email labels uh approach them always have your thing like finish don't yeah. say like have finished tracks or whatever if he's a friend of yours if the label owner knows you and you guys are talking like often then you can send an idea an idea say and if he approves it then mm -hmm. He can tell me, okay, I like it, so you can finish it, and then you come back to him later, you know. But when you go through like a classic like demo Dropbox kind of system or by email, yeah, always make things easy for labels. Always, mm -hmm. it's so important because they don't have time, you know. For sure, yeah. And some labels they get 200 demos per day, or like 50 demos per day, or or even like. 15,000 demos yeah. a month, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they don't want to waste time, like, going and then going back and forth and chatting, you know? So, yeah, always be efficient. Like, you have to... It's like when you send, like, a resume or whatever, or, like, for a job posting or whatever, you send all the, all the things, and then that's it. You make it ready, ready for them to just confirm or not, you know? Gotcha, okay. So, yeah. So do you, do you make... Do you find a label and then think, I want to sign that label, then build the track that you want... To suit that label, or do you make music and then find the label? To I suit make the track? music. I mean, uh, I go through phases. Sometimes I would. I wanna. I feel like making like very like tech house or like tribal tech house or like more like um, harder like hard hitting tech house. And then I'm like, because I've been like listening, for example, to mm -hmm. that specific label. Let's say Hellbent by Clooney, and I would make like those like very groovy tech house tracks, and I make one or two, and then I'm like, okay that that was my vision at that moment that's what i wanted to create because i got inspired by that label so i'm gonna send it to them for example or if i listen to another label or dj i'm like oh you know what i feel like making a more like melodic like more progressive slower techno darker techno track mm -hmm. so like a progressive techno and then yeah i would i would build an ep and then send it to them you know so it's more like i'm inspired by li by listening to a label or the artist and then Based on that, I create and then I send it to them. That's good information, like for say for viewers, because yeah. some people make tracks and they're like, oh, I can't find a label for it. And yeah, you know I mean? and I mean it's also my. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you. I also go through that struggle. Yeah, because you know? sometimes I also make tracks with no specific in intention, and then actually they're not very good, and I finish them, and then I'm like, okay, who should I send that to? You know. Mm. And I'm kind of an overthinker when it comes to like making music production um, in my music production process. So yeah, man, sometimes like it's it's hard to say, but like right now I have like at least 25 finished tracks, like finished, master, because yeah. I do everything myself. I mix, master, I do the covers, the art. The art. Um, so everything is finished and then I just have to structure, make EPs from them and then yeah figure out who I send that so to. So you, you do know? everything. So how do you do your art? On your phone or like on the computer? Everything, or? man. Like yeah. from creating, building the track to finishing the track to make doing the mix down, uh, doing the mastering. Because I'm somehow someone that likes to work alone. And I know collaborating could bring me a lot of good things, which I'm trying to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But um, I've always been a loner in my creative process i always had my vision and when i create a track i want to have and control that entire like creative process mm -hmm. and so yeah with that comes like me wanting to do everything on my own i design my own like cover for the track 
because uh, I have a vision when I make the track, so I know my I want my cover to be like black and white and darkish with red like mm-hmm. tint and stuff, you know. So yeah, I wanna I always been so like yeah. I wanna have the entire like control of my creative process yeah, from start you, yeah. to finish. Yeah, I get you, yeah. Yeah, because that's how I maintain my branding, my brand identity, and yep. that's how I can market myself to the world you know so i'm glad we touched up touched up on the marketing part because yeah. you've got you've we've got over like obviously you dj and you where you, you know how you grew up and the mm-hmm. production stuff and branding yourself now how do you how, how do you come up with the brand idea and then process that because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see stuff on social media where everyone's like fuck i could bang out a track in like 15 mm-hmm. minutes and i've got this hat it don't work like that, obviously. This is a lot of um, so how did you how did you come up with the you know the, my, my whole yeah you brainstorm with it? Yeah. So um, <coughs> when I started Howley, I already had like a clear vision of when I want of how I wanted to present myself to the world, because Howley um, for me represents like that night wolf lone wolf energy kind of so with that one part of my branding is very black and white like very like darkish and also the passion that i have when i play in the passion that when i put in my music which is represented by the color red so that's how like the holly branding came into place is like mixing those two like black and white and red so I start with that idea. Okay, my brand needs, that's the color coding, like that's the colors I want to use. And then I started posting pictures in black and white and then integrating red colors. And then when I design my covers for my tracks, it's always it always follows the same pattern. So if you go on my Spotify, you're going to see every cover, track cover is always like black, white, orange, red, yellow, like mm-hmm. in those like black and white cold tones and then the warm tones provided by the red colors and i think it's so important to have like a strong like brand identity because mm-hmm. i've had so many people like looking at my instagram for example that's that's the perfect example of like what like, you can visualize instagram is your marketing thing in yeah it. exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. i mean yeah that's how, that's how you market yourself so and I have so much people saying your instagram is actually so well like it's it, it's so like consistent like it's always the, those red and black and white colors and mm-hmm. and they feel like what i'm trying to like express yeah and yeah when i play shows and i can talk with the light technician um ask him if he can play like many like show like red lights and stuff you know because i want my brand to be so consistent and yeah and i feel like now i go to a point where people like associate howley yeah. that persona howley that guy to those colors and that vibe you know Man, i'm jealous my fucking instagram's like a fucking rat's nest <laughs> <laughs> i know i know and at some point at some point i was like mm, you know what like oh, yeah screw it i'm just gonna post like colored pictures and like whatever yeah, on instagram yeah. but then i was like yeah you know what actually i still want to be consistent and i want to still like even if it's like a hassle sometimes because i had to plan like what i'm gonna post and like make it black and white and you know and follow some like kind of like logic behind it but yeah i mean i'm actually my instagram or my brand in general it's not only instagram my brand in general like yeah like now it's project. settled like yeah. you know yeah. so 
that's it that's it pretty much that's sick yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because obviously um i need to back my ideas up with uh Mm-hmm. getting my shit sorted out on like social media mm-hmm. and how do you navigate social media of your normal life because obviously like you said DJ's got to be a DJ promoter mm-hmm. um, a graphics designer a fucking producer you've got to yeah. be everything right so how do you yeah, no, we, yeah. Sort of stuff yeah. It's, oh, it's so much work honestly um, but I, I feel like it's good that now we have the tools to like work faster in like building our content because mm-hmm. then it helps like pro- like young producer like new producer newcomers or new djs to like create content faster and yeah like how would it say like what tools would you recommend that you use to like help other producers to narrow down that, mm-hmm. that time? um yeah so for all my pictures for example editing my pictures i do some like edits on photoshop and then i bring that to an app that i use and i would recommend it it's called vsco uh it's like a photography kind of it's like pretty much similar to lightroom Mm -hmm. from adobe um and you can create like filters recipes and stuff so um like a preset for example and then from every time i import a picture and i want that picture to be that type of black and white tones i would drop the preset on it and just tweak it a little bit and then have that consistent like like that's for the images for like the, oh, the, the flow post. of it yeah, yeah. The post and then um when i'm doing like videos like video montages and edits then i would use like on my phone uh InShot. it's a very good app because it's a, like a portable like simplify like adopt premiere kind of studio and you can add effects and stuff so i can do like edits like on the go like in a train or like in the sky train or, like in a bus and i can quickly like put filters and then cut videos like the interface is very like intuitive and very it works very well um that's for like the branding and video side and then yeah apart from like that like when I like want to do like some like previews for my tracks, I just use it Ableton. Always work on Ableton. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my main like music station, like music editing session uh, station. So, okay, that's good. And like when you, um, I want to touch up a bit on like when you came to to Vancouver, mm-hmm. you didn't know many people. You tried oh, to break yeah. into the DJ scene. Same with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you like? Obviously, you saw the initiative guys, and you you know went through that. But how did you like when it, you went to DJ. Mm-hmm. How'd you break yourself into that scene? And that's, what advice would you that's, give people? That's that's the yeah. most important part, and I and I was excited for us to get to that part. Yeah. Because um, yeah, man, I moved to this country. I moved. I came with my one of my best friend from uh, Belgium. Um, his name is Curtis, and but he's not in the music no. industry at all. No. So we just became the two of us. So at least I had someone, but of course he did, he does he didn't know anyone, and he wasn't interested in getting into the music industry. But I was because that's mm-hmm. not his thing. Um, so yeah, man, uh, was first meeting people, trying to make friends, and then. Um, Sorry, mate. What is that? that the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Is it a? I think it's a. Is a heater? Is a heater that's yeah. like. That's all good. It's actually here. That's all. I was like, listen, I was like, ding, 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 ding. I was like, there was man. someone stuck behind. It's just a water so, water yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll so we had to stop because uh, 
thing mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. yeah so how did you yeah, get the get into the dj thing in vancouver okay so um, as i was saying i came by myself with a friend he wasn't he's not interested in the music industry at all um and he's more of a introverted type of guy mm-hmm. so he's like he likes to be by himself you know so when i was going out i was trying to go out by myself and try to meet people and go to the beach and like or go to an event or whatever bush rave and try to like make make friends so that's how i started just trying to make friends first um then i started going to those like the rave by initiative where i told you like i saw henry c play and then Mm -hmm. he completely blew my mind and completely like reprogrammed my whole like brain about music and house music in general that's that's where i knew i had to like hustle to like meet people meet these guys who who are they why are Mm. they playing so good why can they throw like a bush rave and have like a thousand people you know like and i want to be part of that so um i told you i sent a message to one of the guy from red room and then i could play that red room show and then after that i made a switch to like finally making house and tech house and then i met um so there is um there's a group a collective called atlas atlas camp and so it's a community that organizes events and they do like crowdfunding and like funding for like burning man and i got introduced to them by one of my friends and i was and they were throwing like a like a rave like a couple hours driving and Mm -hmm. i went to that and that's how I started meeting like DJs and I love the vibe. I love the connection. I love, and I was like, wow, like another rave where I'm so inspired, but by, by ta- like sounds that I never heard, like more tribal house, more tribal tech house. So yeah, I, that rave, it's not a rave, it's more like a camp, like camping rave, bush rave the mm-hmm. last three days. And then that's where I started like connecting with people and like going by myself, like introducing myself to DJs and yeah just being nice to people trying to help when i can um yeah partying with those people you know and just having a great time and that's that's how i started like getting to know one dj then a second second dj and then i met the guy who organizes it and stuff and then that's pretty much how it started and then i started talking about me i was like hey i'm howley i'm just getting back into into the house music techno tech house scene and yeah like if you have like a gig whatever one day or i can play for you guys or just we can just jam you know like i'm down Mm. to show you guys what i can do um which happened and yeah and then actually like the only secret is just you don't have a choice but you have to go out you have to go to events you have to go talk to people you have to go to the dj and and of course always give space to the djs don't be always too pushy but just like when a dj finishes and you see he has some like free time like hey introduce yourself like talk and oh i'm a dj as well like how you doing and then that's how you engage conversation pretty much um yeah it took me some time to like starting to get noticed and then at some point for some reason uh vantec the guy from vantec shout out to pao and mika I love these guys. They reached out to me and I was like, we're throwing in Bushray for like four days, like three hours drive. Uh, it's going to be a big event. We're doing a collab with like another another collective. And then 
they were like are you down to play like mm. officially do you want to like play play as howley like officially first house tech house gig you know and yeah they booked me it went amazingly well and that's how i got closer with the vantech uh group nice. so vantech was the first collective that gave me that chance to like play and show myself to people because yeah. i because i was no one you know so they gave me a good spot and then because i sent a mixtape before and i was like oh you can play pretty pretty high energy or like pretty groovy or whatever and then they booked me a second time and then starting from there like i was on posters and then other people started to reach out to me and then i met friends and then you slowly start to build like a team and friends and then friends that are djs and then you get closer to other djs and that's how you build like your community pretty much mm -hmm. and then another person that i have to give a lot of credit to is uh koji Aiken, um who which yeah. he who, he owns uh kumo yeah because i was in school with him um and he knew i didn't know anyone and he was the very first guy in the first day at school when i just arrived in vancouver he was like hey buddy like i know you don't you know you don't know anyone uh we have the same mission we want to be artists we want to get into industry so i want to be your friend and help you out and so shout out to you koji um this guy helped me so much to like meet other people and yeah he would always like would always i would be with him and he would introduce me to like people and stuff and he invited me for like a live stream and so yeah that's pretty much how everything like started to like shape itself mm -hmm. and yeah then it's just luck and hard work man it's just showing up to events it's we underestimate the power of like showing up just even if you go for an hour, you go, you smile to the DJ, you say, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Great set. That's enough to like... Definitely, yeah. To get like, you know, yeah. and have people like remember you, you know? To show a face. Exactly, yeah. show your face. Uh, it's That's, yeah, it's showing up. Sometimes it's hard because sometimes you maybe be tired from work or whatever, or yeah, you're studying mm -hmm. and you don't want to specifically go out, but it's important to even go for like half an hour, mm -hmm. one hour and show and show support, you know, because we underestimate how, like I love when I'm playing somewhere, I don't expect someone, a friend and he shows up and I'm like, oh dude, you came and like, brings me so much joy, you know, so yeah, and that's how you connect to people with people. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a long work of just, it's a long social game. It's like going out, it's like introducing yourself, it's, you know, so yeah yeah so that's how pretty much i could slowly build my like brand and solidify my brand and get my name around and then i don't know it's been it's gonna be two years and a half but i started howley two years ago so yeah you've done really well in that two years right you've done really yeah, well yeah 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 i have a lot of people telling me that i've been like ascending pretty pretty fast so mm -hmm. i think it makes me kind of proud and happy that because yeah. it's a metric you know it, it shows that i've been doing the the right like mm -hmm. working hard and and it shows that i've been taking stuff seriously and then i think i can you know grow in the city you know what i mean yeah and i, I want to touch on this as well actually because i know you you like you said you got to go out a lot to sort of socialize and show your face but you've also got to look after yourself Mm -hmm. look after your you know your mental mental and, state yeah. and start you know so there is that fine balance right and you you found that recently didn't mm -hmm. you yeah i found it recently um 
thing is um showing up so m so you have to show up but sometimes you have to prioritize yourself sure, and yeah. as you say it's a balance you cannot you cannot be any everywhere all every time every weekend you cannot be every friday every saturday because um, that's for example how i was doing um to get some gigs at some clubs mm -hmm. i would show up every friday and every saturday and show my support to the djs and meet the owner or the manager of the club or the sound engineer you know and and you show up every friday and saturday and yeah but in my mind i, I was like it, it was like a social hustle i was like i have to show up i have to show up and of course with that comes partying you know yeah, yeah and sure. and partying is not good in it must be moderate like it's not good to like every go out time, every yeah. weekend yeah so I feel like right now, like after two years, I got to a point where I've done enough work, social, like I've finished that social mission. I connected with all the people that I wanted to connect. I could, that gave me the opportunity to play all those, my staple like clubs where I wanted to play. Um, I had a to-do list of like every club I wanted to play and I pretty much did almost them all, you know? So yeah, yeah. I feel like now I got to a point where I don't, I don't have to like, I still like want to show up for people, but now I have to be thinking about me first. You, you know? look after number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got to a point where I was like just burning out of just showing up all the time, you know, and getting tired of it, and it drains your social battery as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. And did you see a difference in like your um your like music production and things like that? Yeah, because I sometimes I would be yeah. so drained from the weekend, from like going out and meeting people, and then it's always being that like intense like social exchanges and talking with people all the time. And then I would be so drained like during the week because I had to work as well that I, sometimes I wouldn't make music for like three weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at some point um, with some having friends that would help me um, put me back in the right path and tell me you need to like take a break from like you cannot be anywhere all the time. You need to take time for yourself. Um, that's when I decided to like step back a little bit from the scene as well. Yeah. And yeah. And now I... Like, uh, yeah, I underestimated, like, how powerful it is to take time for yourself. Yeah. You know? It's, it's good that you brought it up because, again, like you said, you mm -hmm. have this goal in your mind that you want to do well, but sometimes that goal can overshadow, like, your, your health, right? And then mm -hmm. so it's important to highlight that as well. Yeah. It's yeah. good to talk about it. And, right? uh, yeah. and, and I feel like I'm someone that's not scared to, like, um, speak about it you know like mm -hmm. on my social media sometimes i just post about it and it just come comes from a place of like care good intention from my heart because i know a lot of people go through that but they don't yeah. speak about it they don't mm -hmm. talk about it mm -hmm. and then when i talk with people they tell me like dude i'm also freaking burned out i'm like wow i'm also going through the same and i get lots of messages like dude it's so great that you talk about it because i feel the, yeah, i feel the sick. same yeah yeah and i mean i feel like complete because i know that i have the power to help people you know mm -hmm. that's just simply just sharing my experience you know i'm just yeah. being transparent i'm like hey guys like i'm going to take i'm going to take some rest or whatever or it's in, don't forget it's time it's important to like take time for yourself you cannot be everywhere all the time you know so yeah and now my mental state has gotten better 
like because i was Perfect, so i was yeah. just so like socially drained it it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't making music properly and then i realized dude you you came to vancouver with one dream it's to make music man you studied that mm -hmm. you 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 came with that you came alone that you went through so many challenges you cannot put like you cannot like send all that to waste right yeah so yeah. just go back on track buddy stop being everywhere it's it's fine if you miss some parties it's fine if you miss some events like vancouver is like blooming right now and we have events yeah. we have like five events per weekend oh, no, or 40 events per weekend or three um, or two but we there is always stuff going on you know so yeah. it's not because you're missing one or two or three events that you're not gonna get like you're not gonna miss much no, you know because it's more gonna come up it's more gonna come up right yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to go into the vancouver scene as well so so as we brush up so mm -hmm. how do you think the vancouver scene is going at the moment because as we're from europe like we see what it's like there mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. how do you think it's going vancouver now because i moved to vancouver in 2017 and it was open yeah, studios like six years ago yeah, yeah. open studios <coughs> that was kind of the vibe now but now mm -hmm. you're starting to see more collectors come up and uh-huh so your opinion on what i love about vancouver is like because during covid then because there was no clubs and mm. venues open i presume because i came in the middle of covid and there was no venue open um it's like how it allowed people to just create those collectives and and like make them like titers and then start organizing their own thing so i think covid was a good thing for that because yeah. now after post covid now you see so many collectives and they're tight you know and they have their brand and they have their thing and um, i'm talking about like vantec the initiative like lullaby um you know like so many collectives you know mm -hmm. um and now they have enough power and such a good crowd that i can throw events and get like 500 people 200 people a thousand people you know so mm -hmm. i think like the scene is like very blooming right now and a lot in the underground which i like yeah I yeah. Say, yeah, yeah 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 also we have those brand new venues like harbor uh, theater and harbor center that just opened like not a i mean a couple of months ago last year but yeah i'm happy that now the underground is like getting back to life i i cannot tell how it was how vancouver was like a couple of years ago because i wasn't there mm -hmm. um before 2020 2019 i don't know how it was i don't know if it was if you guys had that many venues or like that many yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know warehouses or whatever but yeah i think it's going pretty well right now i mean you can see everyone in, and they're happy that all my dj friends are playing every weekend and it's exciting yeah because you see like I see my friends. I'm like, wow, you're playing. He's playing on Saturday. He's playing on Friday. And I wish I could, I could go everywhere and like support everyone. Yeah, but yeah. of course, you have, you have to take some rest as well, right? But yeah, man, like it's, it's blooming. And it, it was blooming from the underground. Yes, that's yeah. a good thing. That's the right? thing. Yeah. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, a, that's the thing, you know? Because like we've got the new club now, The Vault, right? And of, the, like the Vault is such a good example. Yeah, because yeah, like in Europe, we, you get like three rooms in a club, right? Mm -hmm. Most always. of the time, you do, always, right? Always, yeah. And well, since I've been here, you've got one room, mm -hmm. a lineup. But now The Vault's that, you've got three different three rooms. Three rooms now. and with different styles and yeah. different like, artists, yeah. So it's Yeah, The Vault... The, um, I'm very happy about the vault. Like I had a chance to visit the vault before they invited me for a visit to see like the warehouse before it was the actual vault. Mm -hmm. And and I was looking at that warehouse, that venue. I was like, wow, that stuff is gonna blow up. I remember it was back in March, 
and uh, I was like, damn, that place is gonna blow up. It's beautiful, like. But they didn't like still like build the rooms and paint, do the painting job. Like it was just like they just got a warehouse, and yeah, I'm happy how the vault just got so big right now. Yeah, you it's know? a good thing for the for the Vancouver scene, isn't it? Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. And we still have all those like regular clubs like Gorgomish that are doing a great job as well. Still, yeah, yeah. Um, the house with you plus one. We have Vantic. We have our friends from Lullaby that started to have a collaboration with Vantic as well. They have an amazing Lullaby. They have an amazing crowd. Um, the Initiative. Also, I mean, they've been like top tier since I came. Uh, mm-hmm. The Initiative always blew my mind and like how good of a crowd they had and yeah yeah. so yeah i mean i've been like very starting to like being very active since so we are in november i would say like since yeah a year ago that's where i started to be very active in the scene Mm -hmm. so it's it's still like pretty recent that's where i started to get like bookings and serious bookings like um like at least once or twice per month and then it became like sometimes every weekend or two times per weekend and then yeah it's luck it's just luck and good luck and just yeah social hustle as well so going on from that and what's the future for Howley like what's going to be coming to the table that you can reveal what's the future for Howley yeah what's the future what's on the table like Mm, so you can reveal to us (laughs) (laughs) I mean I can read in I can't read in the future fortunately but um (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to be like that cliche like oh big things coming right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all we all say that right yeah but um now I finally go to a point where I'm confident in what I'm making perfect yeah. now I finish a track I'm like okay that track is sick it's not like I finish a track I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna put it on the side and then and then I realize I forgot about that track and then mm-hmm. I'm like damn another track in hours of work not going to waste but so yeah, now I'm confident in what I'm making and now I have a better vision in about like the direction I want to go to. Yeah. And so now I'm now I know which label I want to reach out. Um I want to work with a label here in Vancouver. I want to work with another label and stuff. So like now like I finally shaping my EPs and like making proper release plan and then I'm getting everything ready and now I'm ready to fire. Like in a month or two I'm just gonna get everything ready and just so it's just gonna depend on that mm. depend on that so uh, i mean I, w- I would love to start touring the u.s one day you know of course because yeah. i'm just yeah. next door right so that would be uh, an objective of course nice. i mean it's not requires a lot of work and patience but maybe in a year maybe in a year and a half it's it's just good luck man you know some guys yeah. have been some guys have been producing for six months and they 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 well, get a record deal and yeah. they they blow up in in damn in two months you know like mm-hmm. so in not even a year some guys are just from here to here you know it's it's luck as well and a, a lot of work as well but so i don't know like the future is so like uncertain so just keep going forward keep going yeah keep moving forward man and just it. yeah you have to be confident and don't be scared about like rejection as well Re- rejection is part of thing i've been rejected by labels so many times yeah I'm a lot a lot dude like how many times i send like eps and i'm confident they're very good and they they're like oh that's not what we're looking for but thank you but keep keep grinding you know yeah send your stuff and then of course it's like 
it hits you like your not your ego but you're like ah damn then my music is not that good so but yeah. that you use you need to use that as a fuel to hustle hustle and just like perf- make it like more perfect next time you know yeah i don't think it's your ego like so i think it's more like i've put hours into this yeah hard work hasn't been recognized exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. but again you don't have to take it personal like if definitely you don't yeah that. it's just that's what makes you grow right yeah definitely. so and that's how i was growing up sending i was sending demos like a year ago and they were like yeah no it requires more work blah blah and i'm like okay and then i make a track and i feel like every single track that i make right now and i'm finishing they're getting better and better that's and good, now yeah. they getting closer and closer to my vision so that means it's like getting real now you know like because i have a vision and then i want to bring those that track like mm-hmm. to as close as possible to my vision and how i like i project me playing the show and playing that track and how it's gonna sound like you know so yeah so yeah man it's just i mean it's like any skills you have to make music make music music. fine tune it fine tune it make music don't be scared of rejection it's gonna happen it sucks or you want to dj somewhere and then sometimes you can fuck up your set you know like it happens to everyone and then or you, you know like but just don't beat yourself up for that you know so yeah. do, you, do you plan your dj sets then or do you like just go in there and think uh, honestly, the room honestly, and honestly depends uh when i have like a show that i feel like it's a very like staple and very important show like i like to like do some prepping know which tracks i'm gonna play i know i know some tracks go well together you know so i'm i'm gonna play them like mm-hmm. one next to each other uh, but I always kind of follow like a kind of a roadmap. Um, sometimes when we organize like a last minute bush rave and we have like 200 people in the forest, I don't prepare stuff. I just improvise. I read the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. if the set is record, if I know the set is recorded and I want to like post that set like on online, then I'm trying to like prepare the set. So it's like also like people can listen to it and like have some yeah. like coherence you know so honestly it depends i can sometimes i can kill like a improvised set and i sometimes i can not nail uh prepare set at all just wing it yeah (laughs) it depends honestly it depends depends how tired you are it depends how focused you are or not you know like totally depends i had both i had amazing sets and i had bad sets you know yeah they happen right of course man and that's how you learn and when i had and when i play a set and i'm like ah, the crowd wasn't as responsive as I expected them to be. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so I know I need to change that and I need to work on that or I need to learn how to read the crowd a little bit more. And Or sometimes I throw sets and like people go ham and they go crazy. I'm like, okay, I'm doing a great job. So you have to like, yeah. It's always, it's a learning curve, you know, like the more you play, the more you know how to read a crowd and stuff. Then it becomes more and more natural. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm glad you brought all these things up because again, like people that watch might, you know, they they like I say social media is so such a false narrative of mm-hmm. success, instant success, right? And it's not. So yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's just it requires a lot of work, man. Yeah. Like just and also organizing your libraries and your set like in playlist in record box is very important because that's how you can improvise to good improvisations mm-hmm. just if your stuff is organized and by genres and by energies and by vibes then you can improvise that yeah. you know so no, I, mean, yeah. I 
appreciate you coming on. Like, I thank appreciate you, you sharing your story. It's been brilliant. And uh, thank you so much. Giving, man. Like, a lot of insights as well. Of, like you know how uh, how, how you yeah. grew as a DJ. It's been years, man. It's yeah. been years of just yeah self reflection, not not knowing where I was going, changing name, changing like changing directions like changing styles but now with howling finally like i know that's what i want to do right now as a style. And maybe later i'm gonna integrate like other styles and make yeah. make uk garage or like you know like break beats and different stuff you know mm-hmm. so but for now like more than focus like email lane and just yeah just Sweet, trusting the process man yeah that's it no i appreciate you again coming on mate i appreciate it thank you very much that was a pleasure brother thank you so much man